This is the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I'm your host, Kat Bean Hansen. Welcome. We're glad you're here. This week's message was originally given on March 27, 2022. Our member Karen Potter delivers a message called The Unexamined Life. Now, in the story I read to the children, the spot asked why he has spots or why they are different colors. Does he ask why he can do those things with his spots? Does he ask if there's any reason for him to do those things? Do the kids ask? No. They simply say, we like you and we like your spots. There's another book I'd like to share a passage from. All I really need to know I learned in kindergarten by Robert Fulgham. Excerpt from pages 159 to 161 on visiting the zoo. He writes, San Diego has a zoo and a wild animal park. The finest in the world, some say. Being a serious zoo fan, I spent a day there recently. Zoos are a great place for adults. They take your mind off reality for a while. For example, Did you ever look real close at a giraffe? A giraffe is unreal. A little girl standing next to me asked her mommy the question that I had. What's it for? Mommy didn't know. Does the giraffe know what he's for? Or care? Or even think about his place in the world? A giraffe has a black tongue 27 inches long and no vocal cords. A giraffe has nothing to say. It just goes on giraffing. Besides the giraffe, I saw a wombat, a duckbell platypus, and an orangutan. Unreal. And it makes me wonder what it would be like if samples of people were also in zoos. We humans make a big thing about our being the only thinking reflective creature and make proclamations like, an unexamined life is not worth living. But I look at the deal that the giraffes and lions and wombats and platypuses have, and I think I could go for the unexamined life. If the zoo ever needs me, I give it a try. Examining my life sure gets to be a drag sometimes. Can't you imagine you and your kids passing by a comfy cage, all littered with cigar butts, whiskey bottles, and T-bone steak bones, and your kid points and says, what's it for? And I'd yawn and open one eye and say, who cares? After I read this passage in Fulgham's book, I had a real epiphany. The way I see it, we as human beings have a survival skill that is both our salvation and our greatest flaw, and that is the analytical mind. Our ability to look at a situation from many angles and problem solve has led to the successful continuation of our species, but it is also our greatest vexation. When I was in law school, I had a friend that was a Paiute Indian. One day we had a discussion about whether there was a purpose to life. 
He said, I don't think there's a specific purpose other than to experience as much as we possibly can. That's all. He also said that in his language, there's no word for hello. Instead, there's a greeting that literally translates to, and so you have come up to here. It is a simple acknowledgement of everything that has happened to the other person from birth until the time that they have met you again. There is no judgment, no good or bad, no right or wrong. There is no asking why you are here or how you got here or what you want. No expectations, no suspicions, just, and so you are here. On New Year's Day 2022, I asked my husband some things that had been on my mind for some time. What's my place? What is my purpose? Why am I here? Where do I fit in? What should I be doing with my life? He replied, you need a religion. A religion? He said, yes, he said, because those are the people who are always asking those questions and religion supplies an answer for them. Or I might add, at least gives you the idea that some supernatural being out there has a plan for you, even if you don't know what that is. Then he said he never asked those questions. I asked him, how can you not ask those questions? He said, I just don't. I have things to do. I have to feed the cats. I have to make the coffee. But I said, but if you don't make the coffee, so what? What difference does it make? He said, well then I wouldn't have any coffee. It puzzles me that he could live so simply. So I asked him, how can you live so simply? He said, well, it's a lot of work. I asked him, what do you mean by that? Is it emotional or mental work? Define what you mean by work. He said he can't. He has no answer for that. He said he simply doesn't think about it. How can you not think about it? He just doesn't. Then we both laughed and remembered a, visit, a video we saw by Mark Gungor called The Tale of Two Brains, where he attempted to explain the differences between male and female brains and how they typically operate. When talking about the male brain, he said it was composed of many boxes. There was a box for you, one for the house, one for the kids, one for the job, and so forth. And when there was a need to discuss something, Men would pull out that box, discuss only what is in that box, and then put it back, being very careful not to touch any other boxes. But he also said that men have what they call the nothing box, which is their favorite box. And when they are stressed or upset, or even at other times, they can go there and think of nothing. Conversely, he said that a woman's brain is like an information superhighway. Everything is connected to everything else, which is probably why women tend to remember everything. My husband confirmed that this is true. He did indeed have a nothing box. Now, I have to say that I'm not a big fan of Gungor. He is an evangelical preacher, and much of what he says is not only gender stereotypic, but also misogynistic. I don't think it is necessarily a quality of gender, but I do think that there are people, regardless of gender or gender identity, 
that have the ability to go to a nothing box in their mind and others who cannot. My dad suffered most of his life from anxiety and OCD, but he was also a master at meditation, which is how he managed it for generations, decades, right? Decades. He said the goal, oh, well, first of all, he meditated for 30 minutes twice a day, every day for over 30 years. He said the goal and the very best outcome for meditation is when you can get down deep enough that you think of absolutely nothing. Even if you can only do that for a few minutes, the resulting peace and refreshment is phenomenal. I can't do that. I think about everything. And I do a lot of ruminating. The definition of rumination by itself is a deep or considered thought about something. It can also mean a cow chewing its cud. And really, I suppose you are trying to redigest something that you took in a long time ago. But the definition of ruminative thinking is the process of continuously thinking about the same thoughts, which tend to be sad or dark. A habit of rumination can be dangerous to your mental health as it can prolong or intensify depression, as well as impair your ability to think and process other emotions. Our minds work by association, so what happens is that our mind says, oh, that reminds me of a similar situation. And that situation reminds you of another situation. And off you go, spiraling away. Sometimes they are negative thoughts that lead to more negative thoughts, and it can really wear a person out. Years ago, I had a counselor that was trying to find an analogy he could use to help me. So he asked me what I like to do. I said, I like to fish, but I also often feel bad when I catch one because I think of the suffering that I'm causing the fish, yanking it out of its world, it can't breathe, putting it in a small tub where it waits sometimes for hours for me to decide to throw it back or dispatch with it and eat it. He said, okay, that's good. We can work with that. He gave me a piece of paper that has some drawings of cartoonish, cartoonish worms and hooks. He said, each one of these worms is one of those thoughts that you have. And they all contain a hook. And if you grab onto that worm, you will go for one hell of a ride. And you know that. So don't do it. Don't take the bait. Don't grab on. Just let those worms dangle around you, but know that they represent a hook and avoid them. Well, that's easier said than done. What I have learned and am still learning in my life is that the most profound suffering comes from the examination of my life in great detail. The dissecting of every little thing. It comes from looking back and regretting things I have done in the past. It comes from worrying about what might happen in the future or even what could happen right now. It comes from questioning each day what my purpose is and what I should be doing or accomplishing or what goals I should or shouldn't have. It comes from thinking and rethinking about interactions I've had with others and worrying how things will go in the future. But what if for just one day, I didn't do that? 
What if for one day I lived an unexamined life? What if I simply stopped asking why or trying to figure it all out? What if I stopped searching for some elusive answer to it all? What if I let go of all the fear and frustration and anger and worry? What if I relinquished the demands that I know how it works or why? What if I simply said, it doesn't matter, it is what it is? What if I just kept on giraffing? This has been the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists. The music is by Nathan Moore. If you want to learn more about the CVUU, visit our website at www.cedarvalleyuu.org. And you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at Cedar Valley UU. We welcome visitors to attend our online services on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you'd like to learn more about joining us for a service, send us an email at cvuupodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.